Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. This is your host, the Crypto Hipster, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you each and every week news, insights, analysis, commentary, my commentary on crypto policy and regulatory information, news, insights all around the world. Today, we have episode 76 on today, February 2nd, 2024, which is Groundhog Day. So looking forward to this show, looking forward to this episode, episode 76, season four, episode 16. After today, we only have four more episodes of the X Factor for the Crypto Hipster for season four. And uh, I hope to see you in season five. Let's uh, find out. We have not been renewed yet, but we're looking on getting renewed for the next season. And I will keep you apprised and abreast of all that goes on in the world of Crypto Hipster over the next month. Now, let's talk about news and insights. And let's talk about let's kick things off in the U.S. Last week was almost all U.S. This week, we have a nice balance. Uh, so let's get things started. Genesis. Let's talk about Genesis. Not the Genesis from the Bible, but the Genesis, the company. As Genesis reaches a $21 million settlement with the SEC over Gemini Earns program. Okay. Let's see. Bankrupt firm Genesis Global Holdco and its affiliates said they had settled with the U.S. SEC for $21 million. In a January 31 filing, in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of New York, Genesis debtors proposed scheduling a hearing on February 14th and Valentine's Day to enter a motion recognizing a deal between the firm and the SEC. According to the debtors, the SEC will receive $21 million in exchange for settling its civil lawsuit against Genesis over the unregistered offer and sale of securities through Gemini Earn Program. The settlement agreement is the product of extensive negotiations between the SEC and GCC. So the filing, the proposed settlement will, among other benefits to the debtors of states, resolve the civil action claim filed by the SEC in these Chapter 11 cases and eliminate the risks, expenses, and uncertainty associated with protracted litigation against the SEC. All right. That's a... Uh, the settlement resolves the lawsuit against Genesis and Gemini filed in January 2023. The commission's case focused on the two firms' actions between February 2021 and November 2022, alleging they violated U.S. securities laws through the crypto lending program. Well, that working at the SEC is, is I can see, is a, is a profit machine because all they got to do is regulation by enforcement, which is what they've been doing, and that is their my way to get money in the door. So, you know, if their goal is to get money in the door, they've done a good job at that. If it's money in the door ethically, they haven't done a good job. But hey, I don't work at the SEC and I don't work at Gemini. So let's go to the next place. We're going to go to FCC chair proposes outlawing AI robocalls. Hey, you know what? I actually might be in favor of that. Let's see what it says. The U.S. Federal Communications Commission FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosen-Warsel 
has proposed considering calls featuring artificial intelligence generated voices as illegal, subject to the regulations and penalties outlined in the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, TCPA, in a January 31st announcement. The announcement follows a false message generated using AI to imitate U.S. President Joe Biden's voice advising New Hampshire residents against voting in the state's primary election. The automated messages featuring Biden's voice were generated to meddle in the 2024 presidential election, but the state's attorney general office denounced the calls as misinformation. Rosenworcel's proposal aims to prohibit robocalls under the TCPA, a 1991 law regulating automated political and market-making calls made without the receiver's consent. The primary goal of the TCPA is to protect consumers from unwanted and intrusive communications, such as unsolicited telemarketing calls and automated messages. Hey, I'm in favor of that. I get calls all the time. I tell people to put me on their do not call list, and they keep calling. And not only that, it doesn't come from one particular number. It bounces off local numbers. So I can't block everybody. It's always a different number. And you know what? These people, it's just out of control. So I'm in favor of New Hampshire's law proposal. I'm in favor of that everywhere. And if you're a hacker and scammer in Pakistan or Afghanistan, and you're trying to swindle somebody here, you know, all around the rest of the world with your robocalls, I got news for you. Hopefully this is coming out of the pike. And how do we verify and validate that these robocalls are, are working or that they're no longer going to work or whatever? How do you do it? You do it on the blockchain to record everything. And this way you validate and verify. So if they're coming for you, you find out who they are and where they are and you go and get them. So let me know your thoughts on that. I think it's a positive thing the robocall uh, ban or whatever. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you. All right, let's move on. Bitcoin pump prompts emergency review of U.S. crypto miner energy use. This is a big deal, okay? The U.S. Department of Energy is demanding crypto miners report their energy consumption for the next six months after concerns about a recent increase in the price of Bitcoin which is leading to a rush of crypto mining. That's not the concerning part. We're going to bring it up. January 31st, U.S. Energy Information Administration, EIA, the statistics agency of the DOE, Department of Environmental, said it is initiation a provisional survey to gauge the electricity usage of local crypto mining companies starting next week, with miners required to respond with details related to their energy use. The Office of Management and Budget greenlit the survey on January 26th after an emergency request from the EIA days earlier claimed Bitcoin's price increased roughly percent in the last three months would incentivize more crypto mining activity, which in turn increases electricity consumption. Bitcoin rose over 18.5% in the three months leading up to January 2024. Public comments regarding crypto miners' energy use will also be collected. Now, 
Uh, EIA Administrator Joe DiCarlo said it would specifically focus on how the energy demand for cryptocurrency mining is evolving, identifying geographic areas of high growth, and quantify the sources of electricity used to meet cryptocurrency mining demand. Uh, the survey is the U.S. government's latest move to get a handle on the crypto mining industry. The country became the world's largest software miners looking to move operations after China banned crypto mining in 2021. Now, okay, lawmakers are now probing the industry. They're trying to gather data. In the past, there's just been this narrative of Bitcoin mining energy bad without any data collection. They are performing data collection now, and they will see that there are other, you know, electoral uses that are highly, much more highly intense than Bitcoin. They'll probably learn what sources have less energy and more energy and move us into renewable, usable energy for the future. That's my hope. What's your thoughts? What do you think? You know, um, data centers such as Alibaba and Amazon use a way, 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 way more energy than Bitcoin mining, which are have been going toward renewable and are very strong and, and good for the environment recently. But now we're going to have mathematical data that supports that. Of course, you know, data is only as good as the actor presenting the data. So, you know, they could use it to, they could manipulate that data if possible. But let me know what you think about that. Pros and the cons, you know, instead of people just saying Bitcoin mining energy bad, you know, um, what, you know, when they send us to critics, they don't haven't always in the past decades sent their very best critics. It is don't. They sent not so good critics. And, you know, you can put in your own mind and ask yourself who those not so good critics are. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to name names. I name certain names over time in my show. But you know what? There's no reason to say, you know, when Jamie Dimon calls Bitcoin a pet rock, that it is a pet rock. You know, that's my thoughts on the matter. But let's stick with the U.S. because we have one more article in the U.S. and they're going to go overseas. Um, U.S. lawmakers push back on a proposed CFPB rule citing potential impact on crypto. Leaders of the U.S. House Financial Services Committee and Subcommittee on Digital Assets, Financial Technology and Inclusion called for a longer comment period on a proposed rule from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, claiming its impact on the digital asset space will be unclear if implemented. In a January 30 letter to CFPB Director Rohit Chopra, Representatives Patrick McHenry, Mike Flood, and French, French Hill questioned how a November 2023 proposal would apply to specific entities within the digital asset ecosystem. The CFPB rule suggested extending its supervisory authority over depository institutions, including digital assets, in its definition of funds and allowing it to target wallets. The three lawmakers said a lack of clarity for effective crypto exchanges could dissuade firms from allowing peer-to-peer -peer transactions through wallets hosted on the platforms. They requested a CFPB open the proposal to public comments for an additional 60 days, accepting and considering feedback on crypto. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you're going to submit your you know, proposal within 60 days and let me, people know your thoughts. Let's go to South America. It's South America today. 
El Salvador and President's Bitcoin strategy unwavering. Oh, they have an election now. Amid elections, they have an elections now. Uh oh. As El Salvador prepares for its general elections, Vice President Felix Oloa has expressed confidence that the country will keep its commitment to Bitcoin if his party is reelected. Oloa, who's temporarily on leave to run for reelection with President Naib Bukele, has doubled down on El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender following the upcoming elections. According to Oloa, the International Monetary Fund has once again approached El Salvador to reconsider its Bitcoin policies during negotiations for a $1.3 billion loan. The official said the government of El Salvador has no intention of reversing the decision, adding that the launch of spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds in the U.S. in early January 2024 has only added more enthusiasm. Not only will the law be maintained, at this moment, it enjoys the greatest credibility in the entire world, Aloha reportedly said. He also mentioned that constructing El Salvador's tax-free Bitcoin city and issuing passports to investors who contribute the equivalent of one million Bitcoin would also go ahead. Let me know your thoughts. Why is the IMF still trying to shut down Bitcoin in El Salvador? They have no jurisdiction. You know, got to think. Things that make you say, hmm, Argentina also makes me say, hmm, Argentina scraps crypto regularization in Malau's new economic reform. What's going on here? The option to legalize crypto holdings, even if they're overdue on tax declarations, has been dropped from the ambitious package of reforms that the new government of the self-proclaimed libertarian Argentine President Javier Malay introduced in the country's parliament. The Argentine tech-focused outlet iProUp reported that the clause about asset regularization suggesting a single-time tax on various types of previously undeclared assets has been cut out of the law of bases and starting points for the freedom of Argentines. An omnibus bill aimed at kickstarting Malay's president's uh, policy agenda. This part of the bill proposed a simple tax of 5% on all assets declared by the end of March 2024, 10% from April until the end of June, and 15% from July until the end of September. The regularization scheme included cryptocurrencies and other assets such as real estate, personal property, stocks, and securities. According to the Minister of the Interior, Guillermo Franços, the decision to eliminate the asset regularization from the bill was based on the fact that it delayed the treatment of initiatives in Parliament. Let me know what you think. I think it's that people don't like to pay taxes. No one likes to pay taxes. So if you're going to cut out taxes from a bill, you know, that's a good thing. But let me know your thoughts. The EU, we're going to move to the Europe. The Europe, we're going to move out of South America and take a plane and fly over the Atlantic Ocean. And we're going to land in Europe right now. The EU Data Act. We'll talk about that. Risks pushing crypto innovation overseas. How? The U.S. has already pushed crypto innovation overseas. Now Europe's doing it. Doesn't make sense to me. Let's see what happens. The crypto exchange traded product ETPs service provider 21 shares released the 11th version of its state of crypto report 
on January 28, which described the impact of forthcoming regulatory changes and their impact on local crypto scenes. According to the report, it is clear that crypto is alive and thriving. Alive and thriving. Yep. However, there's an increasing jurisdictional competition in a global race to secure talent in the industry and create hubs. This can be seen through various regulatory actions set into motion in the last year and intended to materialize in 2024. The U.S. and European Union were mentioned as two places that could potentially be risking their lead in the industry. Things aren't looking so clear for the European Union. While markets and crypto asset regulation MICA may help centralized service providers engage in business operations more efficiently, the data acts clause to shut off smart contracts may drive away blockchain developers. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That was part of the report, and that makes sense. Um, the EU publishes data act in December 2023, a piece of legislation that aims to facilitate and promote the exchange and use of data within the EU economic area. However, the law as a clause to cut off smart contracts. The kill switch for smart contracts aspect of the law has sparked uncertainty and an uproar within the crypto community. There should be no kill switch. No kill switch whatsoever. I don't know why they're going to be a kill switch, but I think we kill off the people who want the kill switch. We want that. But them apples. Uh, let's go to the UK. Uh, let's talk about the UK and let's talk about artificial intelligence. We brought up artificial intelligence before, but UK risks losing the AI race amid safety over opportunity approach. The House of Lords Communications and Digital Committee in the British Parliament has warned that the UK's approach to AI has become too narrowly focused on AI safety and the threats the technology could pose rather than its benefits, posing a risk of losing out on the opportunities it offers. In a report on AI and large language models, LLMs, which power generated AI tools such as ChatGPT, the committee said that technology would produce error-defining changes comparable with the invention of the internet. However, the committee warned that the UK needs to rebalance its approach and consider AI's opportunities. Otherwise, the UK will lose its international influence and become strategically dependent on overseas tech firms for technology that is expected to play a vital role in daily life in the years to come. Wow. In November 2023, the UK convened the first AI safety summit. The summit focused on persistent AI risks, including its potential as an existential threat, role in events cyber attacks, and susceptibility to misuse in developing biological or chemical weapons by malicious actors. The committee called for more significant and support for AI startups, a boost for computing infrastructure, more work to improve digital skills, and further exploration of the potential for an in-house sovereign UK LLM. All right, we're moving the ball forward. The roll of the ball, where the ball low goes, and hopefully it goes in the in the net, but you never know. It might go on the sidelines. Let's see how things go. Euro-backed stablecoin trials begin in Spain. We already talked about this before. We said Spain should stick, should stick to chicken and rice and paella. But Spanish fintech firm 
uh, Monai has started trials of a euro-backed stablecoin, EURM, under the supervision of the Bank of Spain. And that's published on Monet's website on January 29. States the trial and the regulatory sandbox began in January. It features a group of individual users limited to minimize the error margin. The trial examined EURM's transaction capability. Each user will verify their identity, upload their wallet, deposit 10 euro in their account, and exchange it for 10 EURM. Every EURM is backed one-to-one by euro currency and stored at Spanish banks, such as BBVA and Cakes Bank. Huh. Okay. They are, they think, Monet CEO Alex says Verduger called the trial another step on the path forward toward the complete digitalization of payments. He believes the new stablecoin will provide an opportunity for sending money in a more secure, programmable, economical, democratic, and liberalized way than ever. What are the pros? What are the cons of stablecoins? I want to know your thoughts. And then we'll, we'll go to Germany. Germany authorizes the seize of 50,000 Bitcoin connected to piracy websites. Authorities in the German state of Saxony reported confiscating roughly 50,000 Bitcoins as part of an investigation in the copyright violations. In a January 30 announcement, the Saxony police said it coordinated with tax authorities and prosecutors to secure the BTC allegedly connected to two German and Polish nationals. According to the police, the individuals purchased Bitcoin worth roughly $2.17 billion with the proceeds of pirated works through websites in 2013. The Bitcoin were seized after the accused voluntarily transferred them to official wallets provided by the police, said authorities. This means that a final decision has not yet been made on the utilization of the Bitcoin. Wow. All right. That's Germany. That's that's Europe. We're going to go on to Asia. So today is all around the world, going all around the world today. Fly to Asia. All right. Three Arrows Capital co-founders OPNX Exchange is shutting down. Crypto bankruptcy claims platform OPNX launched by the co-founders of the failed hedge fund Three Arrows Capital 3AC has announced that it will officially cease all operations and shut down by February 14. In an email to exchange users viewed by uh, by OPNX, strongly advised its users to settle all positions by Feb 7 and withdraw their funds from the platform by the 14th. Following the state, all withdrawal functionality will be disabled. Get your money out. Should have never kept your money in with oh with three AC guys to begin with. If you did, get out. It's kind of like that ghost from the Exorcist. Get out. Do it. Get out of three AC. Get it out of OPNX. Get out. Okay. Uh, we are going to Singapore. What's in Singapore? Singapore police recommend hardware wallets against crypto drainers. Singapore authorities issued a cybersecurity warning to citizens after taking notice of the rising use of crypto drainers or wallet drainers from stealing funds from investors across the ecosystem. The Singapore Police Force and the Cybersecurity Agency of Singapore issued a joint advisory to raise awareness against cyber attacks 
involving crypto drainers, a type of malware that targets crypto wallets. Phishing attacks make use of crypto drainers to extract funds from the users' wallets without authorization. And uh, we know, we know, we know that. The authorities raise concerns about commercial crypto draining kits, which allow novice cyber criminals to, to arm up with sophisticated malware at no upfront costs. Instead, attackers using the drainer as a service DAAS model will split a predetermined percentage of the loot with the service provider. As pointed out by the SPF and, and CSA, crypto drainer related attacks start with phishing campaigns usually involving hacking into prominent social media accounts or setting up fraudulent emails to users from hacked databases of major service providers. It's a problem. I've gotten so many phishing emails. I don't click on anything. I don't suggest you do either. Do not click. Even one the other day, it seemed legit. It seemed like it came from a real company, except the problem here was it had Chicago address at the very bottom with a New York phone number. It wasn't legit had examined it. Some of these things you even think are legit and they're not. There's something in the email that makes it, makes it malicious. It could be one character. It could ask you to click on a link. Never do that. But ask any myriad of things. Yeah. Be cautious. Be cautious. You know, um, it's not cool to, to have people steal from you. You know, not cool at, at all. And let's go to Hong Kong. Bybit, six, uh, Bybit seeks VATP license in Hong Kong for crypto expansion. Bybit cryptocurrency exchange has applied for a virtual asset trading operational license with the Hong Kong Securities and Exchange Commission. According to the CFC's website, the exchange applied for the license on January 31st for the business entity Spark Fintech Limited. The financial regulator is reviewing 14 similar VATP applications including submissions from the crypto exchange OKX. Only two crypto exchanges in Hong Kong are licensed by the SFC, including the OSL exchange, which received a license on December 15, 2020, and Hashkey, which was licensed on November 9, 2022. The VATP license enables Hong Kong-based firms to serve retail customers, while the virtual asset service provider license allows companies to serve professional investors. According to Hong Kong law, investors must hold portfolios worth a minimum of 8 million Hong Kong dollars, 1.3 million U.S., to qualify for professional investor status. All right, let me know your thoughts. We're staying in Hong Kong. I'm talking about WorldCoin. Hong Kong authorities investigate WorldCoin over privacy concerns. Hong Kong's Office of the Privacy Commission for Personal Data announced an investigation into identity verification project WorldCoin, uh, their local operations, citing serious risks to personal data privacy. On a January 31st notice, the PCPD said it had executed warrants and entered six premises controlled by WorldCoin in Hong Kong as part of an investigation into the project. The commission requested documents and information and warned Hong Kong residents to consider how their biometric data could be used WorldCoin employs its iris scanning orbs to verify the user's identity. The PCBD is concerned the operation of WorldCoin involves serious risks to personal data privacy and believes the collection and processing of sensitive personal data by the relevant organization may be in contra 
circumvention of the requirements of the personal data privacy ordinance. Let me know your thoughts. Do you want to put your eyeballs up to a WorldCoin machine and have them have all your personal data, including your genetics? Let me know your thoughts. Let's go to China. China to introduce revised crypto AML regulations by 2025. China is set to make a major amendment to the anti-money laundering regulations to include crypto-related transactions amid calls for greater scrutiny of the national crypto industry by policymakers in the country. According to local media, Prime Minister Li Xiang chaired an executive meeting on the state council on January 22 to discuss the revised AML law. The first revised draft of the country's AML regulations was proposed in 2021. The revised draft included the legislative work plan of the state council in 2023 will be signed into law for 2025. No, in 2025. This will be the first significant revision to China's AML regulations since 2007. Prominent scholars and financial experts who participated in the discussions on the revised draft to the AML law now involves a relatively broad scope, making it difficult for the draft to be comprehensive. The most urgent content can only be reflected in a framework. Let me know how that's going to go. Let me know. It's good to see that they're making some steps forward. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, let me know, uh, you know, what you think of the X Factor or the Crypto Hipster. This has been a lovely conversation. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we'll see you next Friday.